This episode of Security Management Highlights is brought to you by Genetech, building physical security solutions that allow you to see, know, and understand your environment today and in the days to come. For more information, please visit them at Genetech.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Security Management Highlights coming to you from GSX 2021 in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, the security guy, Chuck Harold. Even within the uh, the NBA, uh, as we uh, as we've had discussions leading up to the the start of the of the uh, of the basketball season, um, there are a lot more issues where where people are you know they're unhappy, uh, they uh, they are stressed out. Uh, you know we think due to COVID and Larry Thompson is the director of security at Orlando Magic and the former deputy chief of the United States Capitol Police. Mr. Larry Thompson, welcome to Security Management Highlights, my friend. Good to talk with you, Chuck, thank you. Today's topic is large event security. And when I when I saw this in the notes before we started recording, I said, oh, wow, I'm gonna love talking to Larry about this. Uh, in my past life, one thing I did was supply about 500 guards a year, every year to the Academy Awards, unarmed guards, right? And People might think that large event security is about the security side. That's one part, but people don't understand the logistics, scheduling, hiring, retention, all the stuff that goes in place before the guards actually performing a security function. It's quite daunting. So yeah, I, I've got uh, you know a lot of experience with uh, with some kind of well-known um, event sites. Uh, my my uh, history with uh, within security and law enforcement is um, spending about uh, almost thirty years with the United States Capitol Police. So uh, just in terms of the event security that I was a, a part of, we had um, uh, several presidential inaugurations uh, and. Um, as, as you mentioned, you know, it's not always even the size of the crowds that are the, uh, the issue, but it's the event itself and the number of people that will be interested in observing it. Uh, you want it all to go right. Uh, we, we were always uh, cognizant of the fact that we had the entire government basically uh, within a, a small space at the United States Capitol. So we, of course, as you said, we wanted to get uh, make sure that we had uh, the right people uh, to manage that event, we had a lot of collaboration with uh, with other law enforcement agencies uh, that that would come up to participate uh, and uh, support the uh, the uh, the actions that we were doing, and we uh, we in turn supported them. I'm talking about the Secret Service, the FBI, uh, the Metropolitan Police uh, in D.C. and and uh, local jurisdictions. Uh, and of course, uh, one one big aspect of uh, of large event security is uh, training, and uh, we uh, we had a lot of tabletop exercises that uh, that uh, all the uh, participating agencies would uh, would would come to. It's not just law enforcement, of course. Uh, it's fire. It's EMS. Uh, it's weather. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, media. Just a, a whole number of, uh, of individual entities that would come uh, in support of uh, making these events uh, successful. Uh, so it's, it's the inaugurations, it's the State of the Union addresses, it's head of state visits, it's, uh, it's maybe even a governor coming up to the Hill 
so the, all those events would require some, uh, some amount of not only ensuring that you had the right people there uh, to perform the security, but, uh, uh, you know, as you mentioned, again, the, um, the time that you spend in preparing for it uh, way overshadows the, uh, the actual event itself. You know, the inauguration of a president, it's basically uh, really to, to narrow it down, it's really a one hour event. Uh, but there are months, months of preparation that go into uh, ensuring that that one hour goes off without uh, without any problems. And uh, you know, we were we were happy to see uh, to see the event end when the president, the new president, would uh, would depart down the hill in that presidential parade. We were we were happy that that would occur because that meant that the uh, the real issues that we were concerned about on our end were uh, were ending. So uh, yeah, just just a lot of preparation, uh, as you mentioned, training, personnel, uh, uh, you know, the, the funding that's required for these events is uh, is uh, is amazing, and uh, you have to make sure that you justify all of that uh, beforehand. Let's talk about the training. This is something I found almost the most challenging. We have a lot of different people coming together in your sort of event, different agencies that are already coming to the table with a lot of training. In the guard business, Coopy guards, almost all of them part-time employees. They're there for about sure. oh, 45 days for the Academy Awards, let's say. And I need them to get trained up to speed quickly on all the different posts, all the different rules for the Academy Awards that, that are there. How do you guys handle the training? I think this is almost the most important aspect of this. We've got to make sure that everybody at the event, all the people that come from different agencies, are on the same page and functioning to the objective. Yeah, yeah, Chuck, a real, real challenge. Um, uh, as, as you know, um, you know, uh, in law enforcement agencies and in a lot of other entities, it seems that um, when it, it comes time to be fiscally austere, uh, when, we, when we're looking at ways to save money, one of the first things that people look at is a training budget. Uh, by far uh, the thing that you need the most, but often one thing that is, is easily put on the chopping block to be cut. So uh, you have to have a robust uh, system in place that allows you know, people to make the, uh, uh, the argument of, of keeping the training in place. One of the ways that we tried to leverage what you're talking about when you have a, a large group of people that may be coming to an event site that they're not that familiar with uh, is a is a tabletop exercise. So we bring the supervisors in to uh, to ensure that uh, they know what the plan is, and uh, and of course we ask them in turn to then go back to their respective agencies and to the people that they'll be uh, leading on the on the day of the event and pass on the information that's pertinent to what they'll be doing. We had the um, uh, the fortune. Of Occasionally, we, we would do this certainly for every inauguration, but, uh, but we had the fortune of being able then to have um, field exercises, which we found to be extremely uh, helpful. And um, I saw that change during my time uh, with, with the Capitol Police. It went from where we would have um, a full field force. Where we, would, we, we were able to bring a couple of times, we were able to bring every person that was gonna be working the event uh, into the event site and, uh, and do that, uh, 
you know, have the, the pertinent timeline run through. And, uh, you know, that was, that was extremely helpful. Uh, but again, because of budget, because of money, um, you know, we were forced to kind of re reduce that down. And again, we would have mainly supervisors or people that we felt were in key positions come to uh, this field exercise. Uh, not always available to do, but, uh, but it was extremely helpful to be able to bring people to the event site, let them see where they'd be posted, uh, speak to them about the particular issues that they might face at the site they were working and uh, try and work through any problems that, uh, that they might see or that we foresaw that they might have to deal with on the, on the day of the event. I think, I think another thing that is particularly helpful when you have a, a tabletop or a field exercise is being able to meet the people that are going to be uh, leading the various groups that will be uh, charged with whatever responsibility they have at the event. Um, Chuck, if you and I meet at a, at a tabletop uh, weeks before an event, uh, it's, it's awfully helpful if, if something happens during the event that I need your expertise or I need some help from you for me to be able to know uh, what you look like. We've had a discussion. We've met one another. Uh, those kinds of things prove to be uh, pretty important. Um, and not, not to take too much longer to answer that question, but just, uh, just to make that point, I remember uh, having a, a post-incident briefing from uh, people that were at the, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. And uh, it's, it's a well-known um, well part of that, that tragic event that the uh, emergency response personnel that were responding to that, uh, that tragedy had had a tabletop exercise uh, not, not many days prior to the event. And uh, I remember uh, just speaking with them about that, and they said it was clearly helpful to them that they knew one another uh, before this, uh, this tragedy occurred. So uh, those, those kinds of things, uh, if you can meet with your counterparts, uh, either in a field exercise or a tabletop exercise, seem to be very, very important uh, if you know, there is an unfortunate Let's just say not even an unfortunate set of circumstances, but uh, but a challenge that may occur, uh, maybe not a crisis, but just uh, you know you need to you need to move some resources to deal with an issue, and you can go right to the person that you've met beforehand, rather than trying to establish that uh, that uh, communication and that uh, that knowledge with with a counterpart on the day of the event or in the middle of the crisis. Now you know I have to ask you the COVID nineteen question it comes up in every conversation nowadays. How has this changed your approach? Uh, you know, let's, let's take a sporting event, for example. Are we finding that uh, we have to screen people? And of course, that raises people's anxiety, which creates a different sort of approach you need to take to people to keep people calm. There's got to be a lot of more moving parts here because of that uh, COVID factor. Yeah, Chuck. Um, I, I think one of the things that's really become apparent to uh, to workplaces, uh, you you see it in, uh, in a lot of uh, articles. I hear it in a lot of discussions that I have with folks, and um, even within the uh, the NBA, uh, as we uh, as we've had discussions leading up to the the start of the of the uh, of the basketball season, um, there are a lot more issues where where people are. Um, 
you know, they're unhappy. Uh, they, uh, they are stressed out, uh, you know, we think due to COVID and, uh, and all, the, uh, all the situations that, uh, that they may have faced. And that stress is, uh, is, is taken out in, uh, in a lot of different forums. Uh, it's, it, in the NBA, it's, it's uh, been reported to us that the, uh, the number of fan ejections and, uh, and situations where um, security personnel have to have a, a discussion with a fan about their conduct. They've increased, uh, and even, this is even with uh, going back to last season where we didn't have, you know, fans uh, were not populating all the arenas, uh, but there was still an increase in the number of, uh, of fan ejections and uh, and uh, and actions taken to uh, to to speak to fans. Um, I think that in the workplace, you know, these these issues are are, are coming to fore. Also, as we as we welcome people back uh, into workspaces that they've been absent from, uh, it's really critical. I think that uh, you know that that law enforcement, that security, we understand that uh, that there are going to be people that are coming to our events. There are going to be people that are uh, coming back to the workplace that. Um, you know, they, they may have some stress that's going to be displayed in a manner that we would hope wouldn't be displayed uh, where we are. Uh, so it's, it's important that we alert our personnel to, to the potential for this. And uh, I think we have to, to talk to them about it. How do you de-escalate uh, situations where people are upset over things that, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, they may not have had the same reaction. They may have been a lot more uh, calm in their response, but now you know they're not as calm as you would want them to be, or as that they would have been previously. Uh, so it's important to to understand that, and uh, kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple of moments ago: just training and making sure that uh, not only are the people that you're leading uh, in these security events uh, understand that the people they're going to be encountering may have some issues that uh, that are going to show up in ways that we don't uh, don't want to have uh, have show up but also to understand that the the people that are that we're relying on to to enforce the security are going to have their own issues so it's important that we take steps to uh, to address those and um uh, just briefly within the magic organization, you know, we've got uh, a lot of uh, resources that our HR department has uh, provided for employees to help manage uh, the, the stress that they may be feeling uh, as a result of COVID in all forms, you know, being at home, being out of work uh, for, for a period of time, uh, all those things. So uh, it's really, it's really critical that, uh, that, you know, the the organization that you work with, the organization, whether it's a law enforcement entity, a security organization, uh, that they understand, uh, you know, that that there are going to be stressors not only from uh, clients, uh, not not only the clients and, and fans and uh, and uh, event personnel that are coming to to see the events that we're we're talking about uh, are under, but also your own people. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be facing their own. Uh, particular stressors. And, uh, you know, this has always been the case, uh, I guess, but it just seems to be uh, heightened now and, uh, and a little more uh, likely to show itself in a way that, uh, that we would hope it wouldn't. Uh, so we have to be prepared for that. Larry Thompson, Director of Security at Orlando Magic. We're speaking about large event security. 
Uh, Mr. Larry, I think you nailed it. Thank you so much for coming on uh, Security Management Highlights, my friend. I enjoyed our conversation. Chuck, thank you so much for uh, for having me and uh, and letting me uh, letting me speak and uh, just a just a, a great topic and uh, and uh, I hope that uh, that we'll continue to to have these discussions uh, in the law enforcement and security community uh, in the days ahead as we as we uh, hopefully get back to uh, to a place that uh, that is more normal quote unquote than uh, than what we've experienced over the past several months. My next guest is Mr. Kyle Hurt. He's the Senior Director of Sales in the U.S. for Genetech. Mr. Kyle, welcome to the show, my friend. Chuck, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, Genetech is one of my favorite companies. It is a legacy company. You guys have been around a long time, and a long time in the cyber industry really means something. And really, you guys kind of pioneered the one-stop shop integration panel where everything comes together. Let's start by talking about the overstate of the security industry. What's going on? So it's a, it's an exciting time in the security industry, especially now as we're coming back out of this pandemic. And I think that story that Genetech has been telling for a number of years around unification now is more important than ever. And I can tell you, you know, you mentioned that Genetech has been around for a number of years. I can remember being in Montreal when the product team came in to talk to us about Security Center and this whole notion of unification. And you could see some of the looks around what was going on. This seemed interesting because at the time, all we did was talk about integration. The entire industry talked about integration. We wanted to move it forward with this notion of unification. And that's everything to its core about what Genetech does today. We offer a unified platform for our customers uh, to be able to manage all of their security systems within one interface. So they're able to bring in their video, their access control, their automatic license plate recognition. And then all this data that's coming in, we make it manageable actionable and easy to access, easy to share information, easy to share data with other end users who are also Genetech users. And so that, that unified platform and then tying it into uh, having that cybersecurity message that, that Genetech has always been about, making sure that the software is safe and secure and not gonna be the entry point for any bad actors. Um, that's that's really what Genetech is, is, has always been about, what we continue to, to deliver to our customers. Now, Kyle, you used a great word, unification, because the dirty word we used to use was what? Integration. And you said integration 10 or 15 years ago, and people went, oh, I don't want that anywhere near my system. It's not going to work. There's a lot of bugs. Genetech has always been good at this unified platform approach. And you know what? It works. That's the proof. That's the proof of concept, right? But let's talk about legacy system. It's 2021. There are a lot of legacy systems out there. I'm amazed when I hear this from people. They have access control systems they haven't upgraded in 25 years, right? Now, I got upgrade. I'm a customer. I want you to tell me how I'm going to migrate that data because migration is also a very scary word because you're touching my data. Maybe it's going to get lost. I'm worried about it. Talk to us about, talk to us about access control and migration for the cybersecurity industry. Chuck, you're exactly right. Those two words uh, are very scary words in this industry integration and followed by migration. You know, many customers are just very concerned about when you hear that word migration, it immediately ties to pain. Something is going to be difficult to be able to make this process happen. And, and over the years, Genetech has become very, very skilled at being able to allow customers to be able to migrate their systems. Because I mean, if, if we're honest, these legacy systems solve legacy problems. And today we're not dealing with traditional issues. We're really dealing with 
cyber related issues. Uh, and we're seeing it more and more as customers come out of this pandemic. It almost seems, you know, because this whole conversation around migration is not new. It's one that we've been talking uh, for a number of years, especially around the power of having a unification, unified platform like Genetech offers. And customers that are now coming out of this pandemic, I think they've had an opportunity to take stock of what they were using, what their security posture looked like. And they realize that they're not getting the data that they need to be able to bring employees back to work safely. How am I using my building? How is the utilization of parking? When are people coming and going? And they realize that the systems that they have, these legacy systems that they have, don't do anything other than just lock and unlock doors. And really access control today is far more than just an electronic key. It is delivering data and information about operational efficiency and how people are flowing through the facility and how many people do we have on site, how many visitors do we have, where are our guests coming from, and, and really the, the conversation around migration is becoming less and less scary because Genetech has, has done so many migrations and we have tools that we're able to offer. Uh, we have migration campaigns that we're rolling to be able to make it easy for, for customers to be able to entertain this idea of moving into a unified platform. Uh, and, and really, we're trying to demystify this whole word about migration being a really scary thing because it's not. And we can show that we've got tools that make it very easy. Well, I think you said that very succinctly. And for my, quote, physical security friends, this does not have to be a scary process. Your IT guys get the migration part. They get the integration part. Genentech is going to protect your data. There's no doubt about that. And do it in a way that really makes sense. So I'm so glad you brought this up because it's it's something we need to move forward with. So, Mr. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on the show. Kyle Hurt, the Senior Director of Sales in the U.S. for Genetech. Come find me at GSX. Come find me on the forum. Let's talk some more. Absolutely, Chuck. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of Security Management Highlights is brought to you by Genetech, building physical security solutions that allow you to see, know, and understand your environment today and in the days to come. For more information, please visit them at Genetech.com.